the edge with your Premier League predictions while well, we've teamed up with InfoGoal to delve deeper into the data behind the game this season. From outright favourites to expected goals outsiders, we'll help you find value in the markets this season. This is Premier League Insights. Welcome along to Game Week 5 of the Premier League Insights podcast with us here with Pinnacle, with Jake Oscar Thorpe, providing you with tips, value and analysis and me, your host, James Gregg, with, well, rogue opinion, general sit on the fencery, uh, gently teasing the info out of info goal. Um, as ever, let's just have a quick look back on game week four. It actually bore quite a bit of fruit, Jake, this. Um, the Ronaldo return, the Romelu route, the um, Edward. Um, epic does that work I don't know yeah, epic Edward yeah mm, okay we'll, we'll roll with it we'll roll with it Um. anyway <laughs> two goals for each of them who I've just mentioned but what did it mean prediction wise we got money back on Arsenal versus Norwich with the Asian handicap smart bet in the end that one actually Um. City to win to nil you had Jay uh, Chelsea to win to nil was a good one as well Lukaku to score as well we were quite kind of assertive on that one we actually didn't need the Palace handicap in the end plus not point five uh, but it would have come in regardless and did come in um, and the only game that didn't really bear any fruit whatsoever for us in the whole of last week's podcast was the West Ham game where we predicted goals 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 um, against Southampton and well it was nil nil but we'll move quickly past that we'll match did pretty yeah. well there. I said we get back on the winner train we, we also had Liverpool at a, a nice price to beat Leeds as well I remember yeah. that was one of the, the major fancies so yeah all in all good week you reeled them off very nicely yeah, it was nice. Yeah, Ronaldo, two goals. Lukaku, two goals. Edouard, two goals. Patrick Vieira's first win as Palace manager. Arsenal pick up their first victory. Uh, City um, beat Leicester. Everton, impressive victory as well against Burnley. Um, good start for Brighton. That's your little outside tip every week, isn't it, Brighton? Looking at the stats. <laughs> However, they've got a tough one this weekend. So we'll see if that is uh, something that you stick with this week, Jake. Um, <laughs> so, of course, Premier League Insights, that's exactly what it is. Um, we're just trying to give you the insights, the best uh, betting tips and f- help you sort of find the edge on the market to do with the data, the info goal and Jake providers with. So, um, by the way, just to go through it as well, we do this every single week on the podcast if you want to get along, if you're not driving when you listen to this and you're just on the tube or just sat there at home or whatever, get up some of the odds. You can go to pinnacle.com. Um, we've got all the Premier League odds there, total points odds and everything else as well outright. And uh, also the InfoGoal uh, website as well. It's fascinating. InfoGoal. Uh, so this is game week five. We'll start with, we would sort of streamline it. We only pick out a certain few games and we'll go through any of the business at the end. But the first one that we're going to do is the Saturday three o'clock kickoff, Liverpool against Crystal Palace. Now last season, it was 7-0 at Selhurst Park to uh, Liverpool. The 2-0 win in the return fixture at Anfield. It was a nice little fifth uh, game in a row win uh, for Jurgen Klopp's side there after they'd been on that little weird run that they had. Um, but that was last season. However, I'm going to contradict myself in classic style, Jake. That was last season, but the teams that we're talking about aren't too different, really, in terms of analysis, chances created, or are they? Um, where, where's the edge in this game? Um, even with no Firmino, Liverpool actually looked pretty good at the weekend. They did, yeah, looked very good. They dealt with Leeds comfortably very easy um, you know created loads and loads of chances obviously Leeds went down to 10 men um, early in the second half but yeah really impressive display. another really impressive display I think that Liverpool um, had it not been for Manchester City and winning so comfortably every week and Chelsea doing what they're doing I think we'd be really talking about Liverpool they're still going under the radar um, 
that balance in the team is there now. They've got Van Dyke back, Matip is back as well. That makes them just such a better, much a better team. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to see any way Crystal Palace get a result in this. We know they've had some success at Anfield in the not too distant past. I think you do have to go back away, to be fair. 2017 was the last time they beat them. Mm. But they usually give Liverpool a bit of a game. Uh, I think it was 2 0 on the final day last season, a tight game. Uh, before that, it was 4 0. And then a 1 0 Liverpool win before that. So the, the last three Liverpool have won to nil, and that's going to be the same way I'm going to be looking at this one. I think the way in which Liverpool are defending is is excellent. It deserves a lot of credit, like limiting the number of chances that uh, they're conceding. As for Palace, yeah, they blew away Tottenham in what was a very good display 3 0, fully deserved 3 0 as well, based on the XG totals. The red card did help things. Um, you know, Jaffet Tendanga gets sent off and then. Was it 15 minutes later? The floodgates opened. Uh, mm. Before that, it was a game of very few chances. And if you look back at Palace's other Premier League matches so far this season, they have struggled to create regularly. Um, and that would be a bit of an issue heading to Anfield. So well, it will be, yeah. Um, looking at Liverpool win to nil, just trying to track down the odds now on Pinnacle. Um, we're looking at around 1.98. So just under even money. Uh, okay. I think that'll do, that'll do me nicely. Okay. Liverpool to win to nil was that? Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, the info goal analyst prediction is both teams to score. No, that's 1.781. So, um, you know, a similar similar kind of bet really to that one. That's what we're going with, with for that fixture. I like it. I mean, if you were tempted by Crystal Palace and Jake has basically said there's nothing that points towards it and that is probably actually why they're 15 and a half on Pinnacle to get a result at the weekend. So there you have it. Um, it's quite an easy one, that one. We'll move straight on, shall we? Um, I like it when it's just streamlined and obvious like that. And the next one is less obvious and actually some surprising odds, Jake, and perhaps you can explain some of this to me. This particular soccer match, Everton are outsiders with Pinnacle, um, which I find a little bit bizarre. Um, try and explain it for us. Uh, Villa to win to nil is 4.4 on Pinnacle at time of recording. Everton to win to nil is 5.6. Got to remember that going into this game, Everton are joint on points um, with Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, unbeaten so far. So what, what's the crack with that? Why are the odds saying, saying this? Why are, they, why are they sort of going the opposite way? Um, not too sure, really. Um, obviously, Dominic Calvert-Lewin looks set to miss this game as well. He missed Monday's game. But mm. whether he's a player that has that much of an impact in a betting market, I'm not too sure. Uh, yeah, this is a, a really informed team that's playing really well um, in Everton, take, taking on Aston Villa, who have been really disappointed. I mean, we touched on it on last week's podcast, the fact that in an attacking sense, they've not really created many chances of note. And kind of continued against Chelsea. I mean, they actually won the XG battle in that game. So they created the better chances than Chelsea. But, um, you know, they, overall, it really looked massively threatening. There's a lot of pot shots from distance in there if you click on the shot map on InfraGoal. Um, and yeah, I've still got big question marks about them. So I'm, I'm wondering where this or why Everton are uh, such big outsiders. I probably would make them marginal outsiders. I think that these two teams, Everton are the better of the two teams if they were to meet on a neutral venue. But with home field advantage, I think Villa should be close to around 2.65, 2.7. Right. Everton being maybe around 2.75, 2.8. So if you want to back Everton, that's a value play in my book. Um, the way in which they play, I think, is well suited to playing against Villa. They're very direct. Um, I'd be really interested to see, actually, if Carver-Lewin is out, if Solomon Rondon gets the nod up uh, <laughs> down the middle. Because, um, you know, I, I had a big bet myself on Everton on, on Monday night. And as soon as Carver-Lewin was out, I was a little bit, you know, 
hesitant to, you know, should I just withdraw, uh, cash out for this bet, get my full stake back? Um, so I, I thought Rondon would play if Calvert-Lewin wasn't playing. And instead, mm. they, they opted for a back three system, which I don't think worked very well against Burnley. Um, but, you know, they came out afterwards, didn't they, and said that there's something they're working on because they want to be adaptable. Um, and, you know, you've got to respect that because at some points in the season, injuries might take the take, take the toll and you might need to switch things up a little bit. So no problems with them doing that. Just the personnel was a bit a bit strange for me. And we saw Villa do something similar last week as well. They went for a back three against Chelsea. So I wonder if this might actually be a matchup of two back threes. I hope it's not. I hope both teams revert to the four three threes and we get a, a goal fest because that's what would happen because these two teams have shown already this season that they are... Um, well, maybe not Villa, but Everton in particular, they they create a lot of good chances, average around 1.8 expected goals for per game. Wow. But defensively, they, they, they are conceding a few goals. Mm. Is that where you'd head then? Both teams to score, yes, at 1.781 at time of recording with Pinnacle. Um, I don't mind that as a bet. I don't mind it. Um, it wouldn't be my go-to. I think, given I mean, what we said about... It's my go-to. It's your go-to. Okay. All right, we'll <laughs> let you off. But you've got the numbers, Jay. You've got info goal to back it up. So come on. Yeah, I like the both teams to score bet. Don't get me wrong. I think okay. I think that, that there's a high chance of that happening. Uh, at yeah. that price, I would probably just steer away. As we've said about Villa, they, they haven't... They're yet to create or find a, a real... Um, well, they, they look a little bit dysfunctional when they're going forward, really. The, there's no gel. They're not gelled together. Jack Grealish was the glue for that attack. He's been stripped away. Um, and what we're seeing is a team that's sort of struggling for an identity going forward, which is a bit surprising because there's a lot of good attacking players there. Um, and Everton have been the opposite. You know, they, they've brought in Andros Townsend and Damari Gray and got laughed at at the start of the season. Everyone was <laughs> what, they're bringing in, you know, a Tottenham reject, Crystal Palace, ex-Crystal Palace, a, a Leicester reject who scored once in the Prem or whatever. Mm. But they've been excellent. They've been exactly what Manitas wants, which is wide players that are extremely direct. Um, they're busy as well. They're really lively players. They they, they suit the, the high press that Benitez wants to implement. Um, and yeah, those two are still fit. They're keeping some good players on the bench. Um, yeah, I'm wanting to get Everton on side, really. I, I've got no reason to, um, to not side with them again. I'm just looking at the handicap now. You can get plus 0.5 at 1.6. Probably a bit too short for me. Um, plus 0.25 at 1.82 takes my fancy instead. So what that means is if you back that, you're getting half your stake on the plus nought Asian handicap, which is a draw, no bet, half your stake on a plus 0.5. So that means that if the game ends as a draw, you get a half win. And yeah. if it ends as an Everton win, you get a full win. Um, and yeah, I, I'm struggling to see how Villa go about beating this Everton team. There we go. That's a, that's a nice... Solid bet, justified perfectly with the numbers. That's what we do here on Premier League Insights. So there we have it. I'm still going both teams to score. Yes, though. And I like that. I like that. I've realised that I don't do this enough actually tell you what I'm going to go for. And it's just like a layman's approach. Or sometimes I do, but then you shoot me down and it changes my mind. That's the whole point, I suppose. <laughs> right. Let's move on to the next game. Sunday, two o'clock kickoff. Brighton against Leicester. Now, Jake's beloved Brighton. He's not a Brighton fan. He just loves the numbers that they churn out week <laughs> after week in terms of uh, XG. Um, coming off a win as well last weekend, a 1-3 only lost one. Um, Leicester unlucky to not get something off City last weekend. It looked visually. Are you going to shoot me down on that? But yeah, where, where do you see this one? The info goal analyst is Leicester to win at uh, 2.83. That looks like pretty good value. I'm guessing that's why the, the analyst has kind of picked that one. But what do you, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm, I'm not having any of that at all. Um, <laughs> I've just looked again, the, the the analyst is now at both teams to score no, so he's changed his mind. Right, um, okay. And it's not just because I'm giving him a talking to, but <laughs> it is, yeah, there's no way I, I would be back in Leicester to win 
at, at Brighton. You know, we've, we've spoken about Brighton. We are massive fans of them, or we were last season because their XG figures were just insane for a team that managed to finish in the bottom half. Um, this season, you know, they, they've had quite a lot of positive variants. So they've had a bit of luck in matches. Their XG numbers aren't as impressive as they were last season. So I'm not expecting them to sustain this kind of form which has seen them win three of the last four but um, yeah they're more than capable of getting something against Leicester absolutely I mean Leicester you said you said it there that, that Leicester potentially looked a bit unlucky against Manchester City that wasn't the case at all they Is were not no they were very very fortunate not to get beat heavier um, seriously this, this is what's fascinating because you know looking at that game and the highlights and again you know later on they've had two good looks at that game and I'm thinking Oh, I feel feel a bit, I don't know, I just felt they were a bit hard done by, but this is what's absolutely amazing. It means basically you're saying that they've not created any chances of any substance. And exactly, yeah. City yeah. created loads, but didn't finish him off, basically, is what you're telling me. I mean, must have been watching a different game. This is what the, <laughs> it absolutely baffled me with this. Yeah, it, it, this, this can happen sometimes, yeah. Um, like Leicester, we know what kind of game that Rogers likes to play, which is predominantly possession-based. Um, they actually managed 43% possession against Manchester City, which is a decent feat. Yeah. But yeah, the XG total was 0.8 to Leicester, 3.02 to Manchester City. So it was an absolute romp based on the XG. Um, and it very much was a case of how many could City score. Uh, yeah, Leicester had one big chance really in the game, which fell to Adam Ola-Luckman. Um, and that was it. That was that was it. That was the, um, one of their first big chances that they've actually created mm. barring um, a couple, one against Norwich. So yeah, they're, they're not clicking an attack. I don't know what's happened with them. They don't look like the same team that finished um, fifth for two consecutive seasons. Um, and yeah, the massive struggles. I know admittedly they've had a couple of tough, tough matches in there away at West Ham at home to Manchester City two of last season's top six, but they're a top six team themselves. They mm. should be going at least against West Ham toe for toe and, um, you know, the games against Wolves and Norwich they were, that they won, they were really disappointed and they managed to lose the XG battle. So huge concerns about Leicester really and, and you factor in that they're playing on Thursday night in the Europa League against Napoli, who are currently top of Serie A and playing very, very good football. Um, and it doesn't really bode very well for Leicester um, heading into this match. Yeah. Like I said, struggling to create 0.9 expected goals per game so far this season. And defensively, look all over the place, really. They're conceding 2.2 expected goals against, which is a staggeringly high number. Um, You're not you going to win many games if, that's, if that continues, are you? Because you just absolutely chip in not. chances, basically. Absolutely Jeez. not, yeah. Um, and we spoke about Siunchu. He looks an absolute mess at the moment. I don't know what's happened to him. It's almost as though he's, uh, the Euros are still on his mind because he was as disastrous for Turkey. Um, and yeah, Vestergaard went off injured yesterday, uh, last week. Yeah, Johnny Evans, you know, he'd been rushed back to fitness because of the shortage there. Fafana's obviously out. So huge issues there. And, and even if you look at the the fullbacks. I mean, Ryan Bertrand's playing left back. He was in a really crap Southampton team last season. So, you know, it, the front at the top end of the pitch looks, it looks good. It looks like there's potential goals there. Vardy, Barnes, Madison, or Brighton played last week. I think you'd be surprised if he played again. You've got Pat Sendaka, Animal Luckman. Um, and yeah, even at right back, Castagna played at right back. You've got yeah. Pereira on the bench. What's that about? Like he's, he's a fantastic footballer, Pereira. Um, you know, I, I'm surprised that he did, that, that Rogers is actually Decided to play a left left back at left back, if you like, because Castagna yeah. played left back for quite a bit last season. Obviously, Luke Thomas stepped in as well and did a decent job. Um, but yeah, on paper, it's a good Leicester team that could go anywhere and get a result. But at the moment, the way they're playing, that's not going to happen at all. Um, and yeah, as for a betting angle in this, I think Brighton are rightly favourites for this. Narrow favourites, albeit 2.76 
Leicester 2.82 uh, at the time of recording. And yeah, I know we've, we've not really spoke much about Brighton. <laughs> we've just been rambling about Leicester. But, um, you know, even even Brighton, they're having a few issues creating chances themselves. So right. I'm not expecting many goals in this one. So Brighton are averaging 1.11 expected goals for per game and 1.11 expected goals against per game. So they're very consistent middle of the pack, create as much as they're, con- as they're conceding at the moment. Um, and I think it's going to be very much a, a game of few chances a midfield battle and maybe one goal nicks it. So both teams to score no at 1.94 is where I'll be putting my money on this one. I can't see it being a high scoring end-to-end match. It's going to be a very, very tight game. I don't see too much between these two sides at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. I mean, you've justified that perfectly. And it's it's surprising, those numbers that you look. I mean, again, most people who listen to this podcast, they're all, you know, you can't be across every single Premier League game. You know, you end up watching a lot of highlights and lots of clips and, he see chances and you might look at the stats and again, you know, 43% possession against Manchester City. I think, oh, Leicester have done all right there. And they've only lost one nil and they had a goal disallowed and they? they had a goal chopped off and you're thinking, well, actually that's, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe they're all right, but actually you've completely justified it with the numbers there. So both teams to score no for that particular fixture. Now uh, we've got a couple more games that we're going to go through properly before we kind of go any of the business. The next one is, at the same time as that game on Sunday that we've just talked about at the London Stadium, West Ham against Man United. Impressive performance, it's got to be said. We won't talk about Ronaldo too much last week. If you missed last week's podcast, um, the last 10 or 12 minutes on game week four were basically dedicated to looking at the difference that his signing made to the betting and some brilliant stats as well from you, Jake. Absolutely blew my mind, didn't you? Um, United looked good anyway. West Ham do as well. Uh, though a rare goalless draw for them uh, last weekend against Southampton. That was our, you know, ruiner, wasn't it? As we touched on right at the start of the podcast. Shame, really. Thwarted everything, really, that West Ham threw at them. You might actually say West Ham didn't throw much at them. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm getting a nod. Okay. Yeah, it's a nod. suspected. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, was West Ham's first goalless draw, that one, since February? Um, they they right. usually love a goal in their game, um, whether that's for or against, as I'm sure you'll come on to. Um Man United to win to nil is 3.5 on Pinnacle. And that is my tip for this game, Jake. Um, and that's based on square root of nothing and just kind of semantics. <laughs> so so hit, me, hit me with what you're going for. The info goal analyst, by the way, before um, Jake completely uh, you know dispels all of us, is um, West Ham or draw, 2.02, <laughs> double chance. So there you have it. And here's Jake Oscar Thorpe, who's going to absolutely ruin us both, me and the analyst. <laughs> Now the, the the analyst verdict I think is is fair, but it doesn't really it, the model itself doesn't take into account the European exploits, which I right. think is really important, um, especially when it comes to West Ham. This is the first European adventure. Um, they're playing on Thursday night as well, which is something Man United usually have to deal with. They play <laughs> Thursday night. That, do you like that little sliding? Yeah, I like that. It was subtle. <laughs> well, the way they, the way they started the group stage, you might be there again later in the year. We never know. But yeah, West Ham, they're, they're playing on Thursday night. They're playing away in Croatia. Um, it's a long, long trip that. And they're mm. going to have to get back, get ready for this game. They've got no Mikel Antonio as well for this. He's suspended. So there's a lot of negatives there. So I, I understand why the model is suggesting West Ham or the draw, but I'm going to go the opposite way. I think Manchester United to win the game looks a big price to me at 1.85 on Pinnacle. Um, 
Yeah, they were disappointing in midweek, Man United. But overall, throughout the Premier League so far, they've been really impressive. They've created plenty of chances. Their average um, expected goals for per game is at 1.8. That's marginally up on last season, which was at around 1.73. So there's small improvements there. Admittedly, we're small sample size and they've not really been tested by a big team yet. This will be the first game they'll play against a team that finished in the top six last season. But defensively, um, allowing 1.16 expected goals against per game. Last season at 1.25. So we are seeing slow improvements. As I've said, there's a lot of caveats. Yet to play a decent team and such a small sample size. But we are seeing progression. Um, and, you know, they've got the main man, Ronaldo. They've got Sancho, who looked pretty good last week. Fernandez obviously looks really sharp. Mason Greenwood, Pogba. There's a lot of creativity in there. And, um, yeah, I'm quite confident that they'll be able to to put a couple of goals past West Ham, who, while they do usually score a lot, they concede quite a lot as well. Mm. Um, you know, they only have to look at their XG totals from last season that were allowed around 1.4 expected goals against per game. This season it's at 1.3, but that's mainly been reduced because of the the nil-nil draw in which they actually put in a decent defensive display against Southampton. Um, but other than that, 1.87 against Newcastle, 0.86 against 10 men Leicester. 1.71 against Crystal Palace. So they give up chances. Um, the fact that there's no Mikel Antonio, it, you know, it'd be interesting to see what David Moyes does because he hasn't got a backup striker, has he? Um, now, who whether it's the new... Literally him. Literally him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, whether it's Jared Bowen playing mm. as a false nine or something along those lines would be interesting to see. But, um, you know, I think Man United just to win the game at 1.85. Um, but I won't be surprised if West Ham do grab a goal. So I, I might go an opposite way to you. You say Man United win to nil. I say Man United both teams to score. Yeah. But Man United okay. just to win is the main bet. Okay, that's good. That's good. So you can potentially go both teams to score. Uh, the definite game of the weekend. And you're gonna. I'm going to shock you here, man. I'm going to shock you with this one. Half past four, Tottenham against Chelsea at Tottenham. Controversially, I'm leaning towards a Chelsea win in this one. Oh, you are a madman. <laughs> I know. I need to calm down. Um, I'm starting to think that that easy prediction, though, with a slight caveat of Chelsea winning to nil without running riot, that was basically a general theme, wasn't it? Certainly the back end of last season, start of this season, it, even in the Champions League, we were sort of pr- predicting that, wasn't it? And it was generally the case. I, they created loads of chances last weekend. Um, I know it was against Villa, but they do look good, Jake, to the eye. And this is all I go on the eye. You go on the stats. Um, What's the data saying? InfoGoal analyst reckons both teams to score. That's at 1.961. Chelsea to win to nil is 3.1. That's my shout as well. So I think I'm going to go for that one. What do you reckon? What was it pointing to? Because now they've got Lukaku and they are awesome at the back. Tuchel sorted them right out, hasn't he, since he's come in defensively. But... Going forwards, they've now got that firepower, haven't they? I know they always, on paper, had it and they were creating loads of chances and they were squandering them. But what do you think? Where do you see it going? Yeah, I'm struggling to see anything other than a Chelsea win as well, really. Mm. Um, a fair few reasons. Yeah, not not just because Chelsea are obviously really good and they've, they've got a nice balance to their team. Um They've brought in Lukaku, as we've said, who is a finisher of chances, um, but also defensively, they're sensational. And Tottenham have been very, very fortunate so far this season. Um, a quite One of my favourite stats from this past week is that uh, after three games this season, Tottenham had racked up 3.7 expected points and nine actual points. After wow. four games, they racked up 3.8 expected points and nine actual points. So... 
Um, yeah, they, they got just 0.1 of an expected point for that game against Crystal Palace last week, which is a tragic result. And if you do that per game, they're averaging 0.95 expected points per game this season after four games. Last season under Mourinho, which was, you know, all Spurs fans were calling the devil and whatnot. They were at 1.43 expected points per game. So we're seeing quite a big drop off if things continue to, to play out the same way. Um, and that's because they, they're also a team that's struggling to create chances. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously just the two shots against Crystal Palace um, last weekend, but hilariously, only one of those came before the uh, red card. So 56 minutes against Crystal Palace, they managed just one shot equating to 0.04 expected goals, which is a really tragic return for a team that has got some serious firepower and um, in total averaging 1.04 expected goals per game, which is really disappointing. And yeah. Defensively, it's at 1.95 expected goals against per game. So we're seeing similar numbers to what we see with Leicester. Um, that, that's that's what I take away from this. Um, you could argue Leicester actually had a tougher schedule as well to start with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I was going to say West that. Man, Manchester City. Spurs have played Wolves, Watford, um, Crystal Palace. So yeah, really just if they continue creating the same or attacking the same manner, they're going to really struggle to cause Chelsea any issues whatsoever. And we know we've, we've discussed numerous occasions that Chelsea's Squad is ex- exceptionally deep, so playing midweek and then weekends not going to be an issue for them whatsoever. Spurs are playing Thursday night in the Euro- Euro- let me get this right Europa Conference League. Yes, um, and they're away. They've got a tricky game. They're playing against Rennes, um, who are a yeah, good, French, good side. French side, and um, you know it, 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 we're still unsure as to how serious Spurs are going to take that competition. But if they do field a couple of their main starters which I, I would expect them to because it is at the end of the day a, a piece of European silverware that they're playing for and they don't win any silverware full stop, <laughs> then, um, you know, that's going to hinder them in this game massively yeah. because Chelsea have got two days extra rest, a better squad, a better coach, um, you know, a better starting eleven. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just hugely surprised that you can get Chelsea to win at 1.83. Uh, to put it into perspective, really... I make Liverpool and Chelsea, or the model makes Liverpool and Chelsea basically even on the ratings. Right. Liverpool were around 1.8 last weekend against Leeds. Chelsea at 1.82 or 83 if we round up against Tottenham. So that suggests that Spurs are marginally better than Leeds. I don't know if that's the case. I, I, mm. I'm not sold on Spurs being, if you think Leeds are maybe 10th at best I think Spurs are at the moment are playing like a bottom half team uh, and they've been very fortunate to get results so I would probably make Chelsea a little bit shorter I personally would back Chelsea all the way down to 1.75 so you know just start hammering it now I'd say because I don't think that price is going to be around for much longer no well there you go that's I mean that's yeah Chelsea winter nils uh, that you suggested at 3.1 is a absolute runner as well it looks yeah. like a really sensible bet most of Chelsea's wins are to nil aren't they really that's, yeah I mean that's the thing they are they are but it was before there was the caveat like you know if you get a good defensive side and they actually don't you know they don't score which was a high probability and now they look like they're going to score every game with Lukaku in the side and also just that front unit basically you know they've got loads of forwards as well with a bit of quality haven't they they, they are going to score and you know, 
Tuchel sorted them right out of the back. So to win to nil, I mean, well, there we go. I mean, I think that might be a bit of a running theme throughout the season, Jake, to be fair. Mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, with Chelsea, it's either Chelsea win to nil or Chelsea to win and under three and a half goals because, you know, they might win the odd one, two, one, but they're not high scoring enough, even with Lukaku. And they've had issues creating chances this season, believe it or not. I know you say that they looked really good against Villa. I watching them and thought it was a fairly even game just the difference was the, the clinicality of Lukaku who took his two goals really well um, and yeah their, their best performance this season by Miles has come against Arsenal uh, I don't know whether that's just because it was Arsenal also happened to be Lukaku's first game and he, he mm. literally had maybe a day to work with his teammates so it was all off the cuff um, so I wonder if that played into the fact that they created so many chances because they, they were just 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 doing it as what they thought was best rather than <laughs> having a, the structure in place and ever since, it's just sort of deteriorated a little bit. And, you know, if we want to talk about Champions League, they won the game against Zenit, but they created just 0.75 expected goals, which is a really low total for a team with such attacking firepower. Mm. Um, and overall this season, they've managed just 1.55 expected goals for per game. So if you're comparing that to City, they're over three expected goals per game and Liverpool aren't far behind that, around 2.8. So wow. Chelsea are lacking in that department in terms of the consistently creating chances. And that may come back to bite them later on in the season. Yeah, you're right. It could do. If it carries on, it will do, don't it? Uh, Jake, nice one. Uh, other games, quick fire bets. We always do this. And uh, Jake literally just throws one out there at us. Uh, so the other games are that we've not mentioned. We've actually gone through five there, actually, which is pretty good. Just a bit more than we usually do. Love it. We've got extra <laughs> value analysing these games, deep dives into those games. But yeah, the other games this weekend are Burnley against Arsenal at Turf Moor. City hosts Southampton and Leeds are travelling to Newcastle. Just flicking my over them. I think I've got a good idea of which bets you're going to go for. You've got a very deadpan face and I love it. Um, so where's the value? I think the trickiest one on paper to find some value because we just don't know what's happening with them yet. I know they won at the weekend. Is Arsenal away at Burnley? That's a tricky one, isn't it? But come on, quick fire. Where are you going and why? Yeah, the, I'll start with the Arsenal game. Um, I'm... The price about Arsenal is tempting. Even money away at Arsenal, nearly eleven to ten. That away at Burnley, sorry, that yeah. that catches the eye. But I don't know if we trust them after that one performance. I mean, you know, they beat Norwich handily, deservedly beat them, should have beat them more comfortably. But yeah, that's Norwich, and I think Burnley is slightly better than Norwich, especially at Turf Moor. Um, we've seen them play t- twice so far at home. Lost to Brighton, but they created nearly two expected goals. Lost uh, Drew with Leeds, and they created one point seven expected goals. Um, so I, I'm, I think Burnley can get a result okay. in this game. So I'm looking at plus zero point five on the Asian handicap at one point eight six for Burnley. And I'm just thinking about the way in which Arsenal struggled to deal with Brentford's physicality, and Burnley are the most physical team in the league. We saw that on Monday Night Football against Everton. I mean, they were literally just throwing bodies everywhere. Um, and you know this leniency, lenient refereeing, letting things go. Burnley will have some, um, they'll be a bit like you, they'll have a card with some names on it, a hit list, and they'll be going down <laughs> it and just trying to do as many as they can. And Arsenal won't like it. Um, so yeah, Burnley, I think, can get a result against Arsenal. Um, and then the other game I like, look of is Newcastle leads the Friday night game. Um, Newcastle are in a bit of a mess at the moment. They, they've not had the easiest of starts fixture-wise, two of the top six played already. Um, but, you know, the way in which they've gone about their business, mm. especially defensively, is a real cause for concern. No team has conceded more expected goals against than Newcastle. They're relying 2.7 per game, um, creating just 1.14 as well. So that attacking 
um, attacking threat that they showed us last season hasn't really you know, come to fruition this time around. And obviously Callum Wilson's still missing with an injury. Leeds been disappointing. Um, but again, they've had a, a fairly tough start. I mean, they played Everton, Man United, Liverpool and Burnley away. So that, that's a pretty tough set of, uh, of fixtures. It is, yeah. Um, yeah. And they've still done yeah, all they, right. They've still done okay, done, haven't they? They've done okay. I, I, I'm not, I don't think that they've performed to the levels that they have done or they did last season. Um but they'll have, you know, they're attacking firepower. They'll have too much for Newcastle, I think. I think the way in which Newcastle are shipping chances left and right should be right up Leeds Alley. And 2.3 for a Leeds win looks um, a decent bet to me. Yeah, nice. And uh, City against Saints, any thoughts on that? I mean, City to win to nil, perhaps? Maybe, yeah. It's, it's, it's always difficult when you've got such a mismatch. Um, you know, Man City going off 1.15, like exceptionally short. Handicap set up minus 2.25. They won the last two home games, 5-0. Uh, yeah, it's a difficult one to, to call that really. So for me, it'll be a no bet. Um, and it's always okay to have a no bet. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, you've absolutely. got to gamble responsibly. You don't want to be throwing, um, you know, just cash around for the sake of it. And if there's nothing you fancy, I'm absolutely fine with just saying no bet and leaving it alone because I look at the prices that are about where I expect the handicap is a little bit too too big for me to to weigh in on um, I think that's bang on as well could see City winning 2-0 maybe even a 3-1 but yeah it's just 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 forget about it just forget it exists yeah yeah just forget yeah. we won't even just mention it to the Villa Everton game and then that's alright correct yeah we won't even mention it uh, Jake <laughs> thanks mate um, so we'll come back to those next week we will see how we get on in game week five. Uh, thanks for listening to the Premier League Insights podcast. Thanks to Jake, as ever, uh, from InfoGoal. You can find out more about that model, by the way, infogoal.net. It is brilliant. It blows my mind every time I go on it, which is, you know, at least a couple of times a week. Um, all the latest Premier League markets, as ever, pinnacle.com. You can follow all the latest posts on Twitter at pinnacle. That's at pinnacle and pinnacle.betting on Instagram as well. All our socials have more from the Premier League, Champions League, our new dedicated South American soccer insights as well Ryder Cups coming up of course and also the NFL season the second week of the NFL season um, just head to all the social channels thanks for listening and please remember as ever to gamble responsibly